0: are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that was long? I there, Al, What the fuck Beatle. kind of host are you? I mean, you're in the Holy lead. shit, dude. Someone can is... her, please. Powder.
1: Yes, sir. And Matty D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy
0: the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 141. As always, presented by Couch Guys Sports Dot com. Check out all the daily blogs on Couch Guy Sports. We're averaging about 60,000 views a month right now. So we are what you need to be looking at. Buy some stock, Couch Guy Sports stock. Just kidding. I wish we had stock, but that would be really cool. <laughs> check out the YouTube channel. Check out the Twitch channel. Obviously, check out all the other podcasts on the network. Key Woman Jones, Shorthanded Takes. And there's there's a bunch of them on there. So check it out. All out on couchguysports.com Alan Mahegan here, no powder. Had a last-minute uh, obligation he had to take care of. Totally fine understand family mm-hmm. comes first maddie key in the building though rocking his red Sox hat and i wonder why maddie
1: bringing the uh the good fortune if you can uh, if you're watching the video i'm actually showing off the 2018 patch because we need that good magic we need that juju baby
0: we do need that good juju there's there's a lot of good juju going on at couch guy sports maddie
1: uh i heard there was a big announcement last week al were you involved in that thing or what um, I don't know
0: what you're talking about, but yes, two big announcements that were going on. So we'll just kind of get them right out of the way. Uh, the first one is a new direction in leadership. So if people know what Couch Guy Sports is all about, they know that this was Nick Qualia's baby. Came up with it in 2015 when he was arguing about Clay Buchholz getting an extension with the Red Sox. That's how this whole thing started. It was him and Jared Scalley for the first five, six years in leadership and management They kind of got this off the floor and everything else. And then I came along in about 2018, was the digital content director for a while. But now I am proud to announce that I, Alan Mahegan, am now the majority owner of Couch Guy Sports and the CEO. Uh, Diego Galvez has also stepped up and he is going to be the VP of operations as well as content manager for the time being until we can find someone to fit that role. What does that mean for this podcast? Absolutely nothing. I'm still going to be doing this podcast (laughs) with Maddie, with Powder. And we're going to have some fun with it. What we're also going to have some fun with is a brand new sponsor. That's the second announcement. Brand new.
1: Absolutely.
0: Couch Guy Sports sponsor. And Maddie Keewum's going to tell you a little bit more because I'm not going to lie, Maddie, I need some energy right now. It's been a long day. Can you tell me where I might be able to get it?
1: That's what, you know, I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, you know, with all these things going on, you got a lot on your plate, you know. Are you uh, unable to
0: focus? You know, are you feeling tired? Are you having low energy right now? I can't focus. I have no energy. I just, I can't get it together. I need something to help me. Give me a boost, so to speak.
1: Brother, we understand exactly what you're going through. And you know why? Because Legends Lingo, you know, obviously we're brought to you by College Guys Sports, but now we are sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers, not just behind the PC, behind the console gamers, sports gamers, all kinds of gamers. With all their flavors compact with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp and keep you performing at the top of your game. And at Legends Lingo, we like to be at the top of our game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it while ensuring that you avoid the jitters because sometimes that happens after you get a little bit too much caffeine consumption. Now, Al, if you mentioned that they're a sponsor, right? They're, they're a great sponsor of us. And we're very grateful. Uh, Do you think that they gave us a promo code and how much do you think they gave us off of that promo code?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think they're good friends of the program. So I'm going to say they did give us a promo code, but I'm not sure exactly how much. So tell me how much, Matty, how much can you get off? With a certain promo code provided by Couch Guy Sports.
1: Well, Al, if you head over to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code C G S N, you can get 10% off your order, baby. Whoa! 10% C G S N. 10%. And you can check out their green apple flavored box or their watermelon flavored box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right. We got fans worldwide. We got you covered because they ship all over the planet. So get your Shocked Energy today and let us help you gain your focus and get your energy back.
0: Definitely need some energy and we're going to get that energy from our friends at Shocked Energy. Shout out to Shocked Energy for becoming a brand new world uh, worldwide. They are worldwide, but Mm -hmm. site-wide sponsor at Couch Guy Sports. We do appreciate it. A lot of big things are coming to Couch Guy. We're going to be adding some new things into the mix, so please continue to follow us, continue to support us at Couch Guy Sports on Twitter, and obviously follow the podcast at Lingo Legends on Twitter. We are on Spotify. We are on Anchor. I believe we're going to be on Anchor this week. We sh- That should be finalized. We yep. are on SoundCloud, so please make sure you listen to Legends Lingo. Jam-packed episode tonight. We have a lot we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Patriots played a big game the other day, and there was a big trade that went down on Wednesday. If I can get the date with my phone working, but it never does. October <laughs> 6th. So Wednesday, October 6th at 6.50 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Patriots made a big trade, and we're going to talk about that. The Red Sox played in the card game against the Yankees. Safe to say we're happy about the result. and We'll talk about that. But first, I want to talk about the Celtics a little bit. Of course. So the Boston Celtics are going to be opening up their season very, very soon. Maddie, were you able to watch the preseason game the other night at all? I didn't watch
1: the entire thing, but I did, you know, peep into the highlights and kind of took a gander at their starting, their starting five and uh, you know, who played well and what stuff like that, you know,
0: I do. So I want to talk about that for a second because I found it interesting, the starting lineup. So mm-hmm. we knew, we knew of four of the starters. We knew Marcus Smart was going to start. We knew obviously yeah. the two Jays, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. We knew Robert Williams was going to start. He signed a brand new contract in the offseason. Yeah. but then they had Wancho Hernan Gomez who they recently just got in a trade. And I think I'm trying to remember who who was that trade for? Was it the Chris Dunn trade? Yeah, there was so many moving pieces. They had Chris Dunn for about 2 weeks and they
1: flipped him. It was kind of like this confusing time, but I believe he was uh involved going
0: to uh you know that
1: brought in Gomez.
0: Okay, it was like GM mode on 2K. That's essentially what the Celtics It kind of was.
1: It was a little bit crazy. It
0: was. But here's the thing. I the expectations for them this year, Maddie, and and I said this a long time ago, last year going into the Celtics season last year, For some reason, I liked them last year because I think that the low-risk, high-reward signings were good at the time, like a Tristan Thompson at the Mm -hmm. time, like a Jeff Teague. But obviously, that didn't pan out. But now, you bring back Al Horford. You bring back a guy like Ennis Cantor that knows the system. I'm not saying he's Mm going to be great, but he knows the system. You bring in shooting in Josh Richardson. You bring in guys for their second, third years in the league – Aaron Naismith's going to take a step up. Peyton Pritchard's still going to be good this year. Obviously, Jason Tatum's going to be a top 10 player, I think, this year in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Jalen oh, Brown, yeah. top 20. So let me ask you this, Maddie. Realistically, 82 game season. How many wins can the Celtics get where you call it a successful season?
1: I think they can push in the 50s. You know, I think they can easily be in the 50s. And, and if You know, they they click in the this, you know, the change in coaching and those, you know, those are the pieces of cement that kind of fill in the cracks. I could see them pushing 60 even, you know, Uh, there I think they are a pretty good team this year. And I some we've been saying, take the next step. The Jays need to take the next step. You know, this again, we have to bet on could be the year.
0: So I don't know if they're going to get into the 60s for wins. I think that's that's a reach, but it's a good reach to have.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't bet on it. I would say that's more of a bold take. But I could see, you know, the move – these pieces are strong players. You know, we still have Horford. Uh, Cam, he was kind of like a low-key thing because he's a vet. But he he knows the system. He knows the city. He's uh, been a good player here in the past, and and, and the Jays like him. So, if the Jays – it sounds like we're in high school. If the Jays like him, I
0: like him. (laughs) (laughs) But even so, right, Ime Udoka even came out, to your credit, came out and said Al Horford's looked the best he's looked in a few years now. And he's 34, 35 years old now. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's not back in his prime like he was in the 08 Celtics days. Like he's, you know, he's up there in age, but he looks good. You know, it it just on paper, I think they should win anywhere between like 46 to 50 games, right in that area. I think 48 Mm -hmm. is a nice sweet spot for them. And I think if everything goes right, I think they can get a four seed in the East. I don't think the Knicks are going to be as good as they were last year. I don't think the Hawks are going to repeat how they were last year. They were went on basically a Cinderella run to the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I mean, it was the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: They made it to the, the Finals, public. yeah. They were, they faced yeah. off against Milwaukee.
0: Right. They went in the Eastern Conference Finals against Milwaukee, and they took them to six games. But, like, I think everything went right for them. So I don't think the Hawks are going to be as good. I think the Nets, obviously, you're going to have to deal with.
1: Of course.
0: I, I don't want to say Philly because I know they have a lot going on with Ben Simmons and that drama. But I think right now, Philly might be a little better than you. And then there might be another – obviously, Milwaukee defending champs. Yeah, yeah. You know, so those are the three teams I think that are going to finish ahead of the Celtics, but I think the Celtics can finish as a four seed.
1: Oh, for sure. I think that's totally fair and not too lofty of an expectation. And on top of that, like, you know, could they push one of those, you know, more uh, – let's call them, you know, powerhouses on paper? Out of the way? Sure because they got some good players, you know. Maybe we get a little bit of the – because we've always been around them. We always kind of look at Brown and Tatum as, like, kids developing. But if they're both top 15 players in the NBA, is anyone going to be like, wow, this came out of nowhere? Like This is the trajectory that they've been on. And Jason Tatum this year, you know, could he get MVP votes? Like, that is in the realm of possibility for a guy with that skill set. Will it happen? I hope so, certainly. But, you know, I don't think that we can – we, we should be wildly shocked if the former number three overall pick in the draft, the number uh, two pick in the draft,
0: come out and they're good, you know? I know. The fact that they were both number three picks is amazing yeah. to me. Like Jalen Brown was taken, I think it was the 2017 draft. Or no, it was the 2016. I forget which draft it was. I think it was 2016. And then Tatum was taken in 2017, I'm pretty sure. Or something like that. It was right that around makes that sense.
1: time. I'm so bad at the years of the draft, but yeah, I think you're probably right on the money there.
0: It's right in that right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've but, had
1: them now for the handful of
0: years, and like you said, they're top-end picks. Let me ask you this: Who's one guy, and it can be a returner. It can be you know a new guy, like a new new guy. It can be a new returner, like a guy that was on the team and now then he wasn't <laughs> back. You know what I'm trying Retread. to say? trade? Yeah, exactly. Who is one guy that you're really interested in watching this year, as far as with the Celtics?
1: Besides I mean, the obvious
0: Tatum and Brown. We'll, we'll exclude that.
1: I'm going to go with Hernan Gomez.
0: Okay.
1: Juancho, man. I, You know, he's, he's 6'9". He's a tall guy and former first-round pick. Uh, he's been in the league for some time, and in 2019, he shot 42% from three. He's that stretch forward that just we've all kind of wanted and what – Kelly Olenek turned out to be. I mean, he's been fantastic in Houston. He's been fantastic in Miami. He was just, I guess, developing here in Boston, but that's kind of the the player they need. You know, a stretch four that can play a little bit of defense can kind of just be athletic here and there when they need him, but just stretch the floor and shoot, make good shots. And, you know, there's like, there's a certain style of play that he fits into. And I think it's going to work well for this team
0: is interesting, and I think you have a very valid point because he started the first game of the preseason at that stretch four position. Mm-hmm. Now, one guy for me that I'm interested in seeing is Josh Richardson because he's a guy yes. that he brought in for shooting depth. He's a guy that it, in Miami, he shot, I think, like 35 to 37% from three-point land, mm-hmm. and then as he went along, he started not to be in the right system, and he kind of, I don't want to say floundered, but he kind of went downhill, especially when he was in Dallas. He didn't really have a role. So – yeah. I'm just interested to see, will he be a guy off the bench that can actually shoot and actually provide the Celtics with some offense on that second unit? Because after that first unit, excuse me, and I think you can agree with this, Maddie. the problem with the Celtics for the last couple of years is once the starters are down, there's no scoring off the bench.
1: Yeah. And then it kind of leads to Marcus Smart, playing a little bit too much hero ball, taking shots maybe he shouldn't take. You know, having shooters around him, I think will – You know, get him into settling, into making plays as opposed to taking shots. And that's the market smart we want with the second unit.
0: Right, exactly. And also, too, you have a guy like Dennis Schroeder. You know, he's a guy that mm -hmm. looks like an energy kind of guy. You know, there's a lot of intriguing pieces this year. And I really do believe that this team's going to be a lot better. I think having Ime Udoka in there, some new Mm -hmm. blood, a new voice. Brad Stevens, thank you for getting the Celtics to where they were. It was time for a new voice in that locker room. I think Udoka is the guy, and I think he's going to be a great influence. A lot of players like playing for him. They say that yep. he's very personable, very like almost a player's coach, but also a guy that will yeah, kick them. Former in.
1: player himself, he's not afraid to get down and play one on one with the guys. Like it's the type of coach that really I think can succeed and flourish in the NBA.
0: No doubt, he, he'll give them a push when they need it. I, I think you mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head right there. So. Maddie and I are excited about the Celtics. We hope yeah. that it'll be, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about how great of a start they had. We'll see what happens, but we're, yeah. we're looking forward to the basketball season. You know what else I'm looking forward to, Maddie? What's that? I'm looking forward to giving myself a massage. You want to know how I do that?
1: How do you do that?
0: With our friends at ExoGun, because the Legends Lingo Podcast is brought to you by our friends at ExoGun, our second site-wide sponsor on the network, Shocked Energy, and also... Can't forget about ExoGun.
1: Have you ever done a workout?
0: Yes, shout out ExoGun. Exactly. Ever feel like you do a workout and feel like you need a massage right after? Get that massage without having to leave your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down anymore because ExoGun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. It's portable, adjustable, powerful, and is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery experience. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends at ExoGun. You can get 10% off with the code cgs10 cgs10 at checkout C- cgs10 at checkout once again ExoGun gun comes with a charger and a carrying case to charge it all the time and carry it with you wherever you need it go get your ExoGun gun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice at checkout with the code cgs10 cgs10 boom boom you know who else was booming who? Tom Tom Brady at the Patriots-Bucks games. Eh, you thought I was going to go Antonio Brown because of the booming.
1: <laughs> That's where my head initially went for sure. And I was like, wait, <laughs> he didn't make that
0: catch. <laughs> a little <curveball>. switcheroo. <laughs> a Little switcheroo. But the Patriots took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past week. And obviously, it was the return of Tom Brady after leaving in 2020. Wanted a new start. Went to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Won a Super Bowl. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I'm going to be honest with you, Maddie, like this, I don't know why this drives me nuts. And this might be a crazy take, but I don't care. Like, I am sick of the people that are bashing the Patriots because Tom Brady's not there. Like, I think it's possible in this world we live in. It's crazy. I know it's a crazy thought. But you can live in a world where you can love the Patriots as your number one team and still be happy and support Tom Brady. Both can Mm -hmm. coexist.
1: Yeah, I agree. It it's cre- I think you're trying too hard If you don't support Tom Brady And I think you're just Not uh, You're not listening and you're not open-minded If you're just completely one or the other Like I know the people who've jumped ship And they're like ah oh, screw the Patriots It's like wait no that's supposed to be your team But I mean the guy was here for 20 years He won a whole bunch of championships I, I don't understand why you can't root for him Like did I want the Patriots to win Sunday Yeah you bet your ass I did but was it cool to see Tom Brady come back? I said it last week. I was excited for it, you know?
0: Of course. And and, and that's the thing. Nice little voice crack right there. But of course. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So the Patriots played the Bucs. It was a great game. Like, it was, Powder, Maddie, and I came on here and said, Patriots are going to get blown out. The Bucks blown are going to put up 40 points. Bucks only put up 19 points. Mm-hmm. The credit to the Patriots defense. Like, Matthew Judon, by the way, that guy. Oh, my goodness. He mm-hmm. has been a hit. As a free agent signing, probably the best free agent signing the Pats have had so far. Like he, he's averaging a sack every game, putting pressure on the quarterback. He got a sack on Brady, which he wanted. Matthew Judon, we, we're a Matthew Judon podcast. We, we are a Matthew
1: Judon podcast for sure. Matthew
0: Judon. So, Matthew Judon, if you hear this, come on our podcast. We would love that. But yeah,
1: we would. We absolutely love it.
0: Getting back to it, Patriots only give up 19 points. Maddie, you know how many touchdowns Tom Brady threw in that game?
1: Um, I believe it was two less than two.
0: Yes, it was zero, as in nada, zilch. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. Matt Jones threw two. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots still lost the game. Patriots lost 19-17 to the Bucks. And I want to talk about a few things, and then we have a, a transaction we do need to talk about because it just happened today. Of course. The two calls by Bill Belichick at the end of the first half and at the end of the game. So in the first half, Patriots are up 7-3. to It's fourth and – I think it was fourth and two, and it was right around midfield, if not maybe at the Tampa Bay 45. And Belichick chooses to punt. Now, for the people that say it was the right play, the right play call, okay, fine. If that was any other team, I'd be like, okay, I fully agree with you. It's Tom Brady. He is the mastermind of the two-minute drive. He will get you points. What did he do? Drove him down, got him three points, seven, six at halftime. So my question to you, Maddie: first of all, did you like that call? And second of all, if you were Belichick, obviously, would you have made that call again?
1: Um, Yes and yes. In the moment, you know, Turning the ball over at midfield is a tremendous momentum, momentum swing. And if you're saying Tom Brady can do it after you punt it, you sure as hell can do it. If you get it, to, if you turn the ball over now, would you convert? Sure. Of course it's a possibility, but uh, I think in the first half, it's smart to punt and give up the three. That's fine. You still going to have time to lead. And that's why I think Belichick should have done it. Uh, okay. But the, that's, that's, that's in the moment, you know what I mean? Obviously hindsight's a little different in 2020, but.
0: Right. And you know what, honestly, that one, I was a little bit more okay with it's like, okay, if he goes down the field, I think they punted it inside like the the five or something like that. If, if you go down 75, 95 yards and you get points out of it, fine. You deserve it. Great. Good, good for you. But the end of the game is the, what I want to talk about. And this has been a, a controversial topic. So the Patriots were down 19, 17 Brady, the Patriots were up 17, 16, Brady drives down the field, almost hits Antonio Brown for a touchdown pass, which would have been sweet, poetic justice for Antonio Brown who played one game here as a Patriot. And then with all the craziness that happened, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft are like, bye-bye. We don't need you. We don't need your craziness. (sighs) Bye-bye. I'm still peeved by that. I wish that worked out. But Antonio Brown was not a great person (laughs) at that time. Anyways, I digress. Bucks were up 19-17. Patriots are driving down the field with a chance to considerably win the game. Mm-hmm. The Patriots are at the Bucs 39-yard line. Third and three. Mac Jones drops back to pass, has Jacoby Myers wide open for a first down. I don't know if you've seen the, the Twitter clip, Matty. Oh,
1: yeah, I've seen it. It's yeah. a little heartbreaking.
0: It is. Ball gets batted down at the line of scrimmage. It's fourth and three. Now, here's the scene. They bring out Nick Folk, who who granted Nick Folk the past year and a half for the Patriots has been a great kicker, very yeah. dependable. I don't know how many kicks he's missed, but it hasn't been many. A 56-yard field goal in the rain at Gillette. Doinks it off the left upright, Bucks run down the clock, Bucks win the game. I have a problem with that play call. And here's why I have a problem with the math. No. The way Mac Jones was playing and the way the Patriots passing game was going, like the Bucks' rush defense was very good. The Patriots in the first half had negative six yards, which is the lowest and a half they've ever had in the Bill Belichick era ever. So they couldn't run the ball.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Mac Jones was throwing the ball. Well, the Bucs had a lot of cornerbacks that were uh, unavailable. that were hurt. Richard Sherman was playing and Richard Sherman had just signed like five days before. <laughs> yeah. Like that shows you how desperate they were and they, they were moving the ball on offense. And here's a reason why I have a problem with the play call. If you go for it on fourth and three, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to convert it and then you get a fresh set of downs. Maybe you get another first down and then you're looking at potentially a 45 yard field goal, which mm-hmm. I'm fine with at that point. I know it's raining, but you have a better chance of making it from 40 to 45 yards as opposed to 56. That's just logic or they don't convert it. And it's just like, they missed the field goal anyway. So that's where I have the problem with it. And I know people might disagree with it and say, Oh, that was the right call. If it wasn't raining. And I know people are like, why are you bringing the weather into it? The weather is a big part of it. Oh, for sure. If it's raining, it's slippery. If it's if the wind is moving a certain direction, like those are all factors. We saw it in the saints game. When Bill Belichick called the timeout, or let the clock run down so that way New Orleans had to kick into the wind, and sure enough, they missed the field goal. Mm-hmm. So my point being is that the people that say this wasn't the right call, like you really wanted to trust Nick Folk in that situation from 56 in the rain with the like site breeze? I, I don't know, Maddie. Am I missing something here?
1: I don't think you're missing anything at all. 56 in the sunshine outdoors is not, you know, a, a high percentage play by any means. And, and did he, he kick? The living daylights out of that football, and it just barely missed. But you know, anyone who's saying it's the right call, you know, that's fine. You might be right. Maybe it is the right call. But one thing I think you and I can agree on: it was the scared call. Yeah, he was scared. He, he, he that was the soft call. That was the scared call. That was the not throwing. If there was the Super Bowl, he ain't kicking that. No. If the Patriots and the Bucks faced off in the Super Bowl, there's no way. He's kicking that ball because on top of the distance, the weather, you know, the injury that folks been dealing with. I know he said it didn't affect him and the shirt didn't look like it. So we, I don't think that's necessarily a major excuse, but it's a factor. Uh, You know, fourth and three. He, he, you got to you got to put the ball in the kid's hands. The kid was playing well, 19 straight completions. Right. Put it in the kids' hands and see what happens. And if he doesn't happen, then it doesn't. That's sports. You know, there's a winner and a loser in almost every game that we that, that happens, right? And sometimes you gotta go with your best. And 55 seconds, if you hit the field goal, you still give it to Brady with a chance to win the game. He has two timeouts, 50 seconds left on the clock. Did he have two timeouts so, left? Did he still have two timeouts left? The Bucks had two timeouts.
0: Really? See, I thought yeah. they had none. Okay, that's on me then. Okay. Fair I enough. I believe and the done. Bucks had
1: two timeouts. Uh and maybe – no, I'm pretty sure they had two timeouts left over. He could have marched down the field and still won the game with a field goal. So uh, I don't know why you, you you necessarily kick it there when, you know, the, the the kind of the more hyped play, maybe the better chance at it. Uh, you had Brady on the ropes, which nobody you thought it was going to happen. You got to go for the knockout. You know, sometimes it's not best to leave it to the judges, and that's the type of play I think he went with.
0: I do too. And I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying this as a Patriots fan. I'm just saying this as a pure football observer. Matt Jones outplayed Tom Brady. He did.
1: Yeah. He did. But Tom Brady was starting to deal it up. He was. The, the he was quarter. starting to deal it up. He was He was starting to feel it. He was going to Brown a bunch Uh you know, clearly moving down to Tampa, playing in Florida has definitely changed Brady a little bit. He did not look good in the weather, and he's been known for how well he can play in bad weather games. And there was a few Browns uh, passes to Brown that he just could not connect on because of probably being a wet ball and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, he was starting to deal in Mac Jones. He looked good. They still kept a pretty conservative play call. What do you think about their their offensive scheme and kind of how they went at the, the Buccaneers? Are you happy that they went conservative? Or are you thinking they opened it up
0: more? What's your opinion on that? I think they opened it up a little bit more, and I think it was the right game plan because they saw they couldn't run the ball. You knew they couldn't run the ball. The Bucks knew they couldn't run the ball. So they figured, you know what? They have a bunch of corners out. Richard Sherman, like I said, Richard Sherman was starting. He is better mm-hmm. known as a zone corner than a man-to-man corner. So they attack their weakness, which I was fine with. I yeah. was fine with the play calls except for that stupid call by Josh McDaniels that he still doesn't get where he pitches it five yards back. He has Matt pitch it five yards back, to Damian Harris, or whoever's in the backfield, and they lose yardage every time. It's so time. annoying. Yes. I hate it. Like, stop yes. calling that play call Josh McDaniels. It is not working. It's never <laughs> going to work. Anyways. Uh, anyways. So that game's over with. I'm glad it's over with. I didn't mm-hmm. listen to Boston sports media the whole week. I didn't listen to the radio the whole week. I, I just couldn't take it. And I tried I to stay
1: to it in I listened to it in review. Like I'm okay with them talking about what happened. I get frustrated when they try to predict the future. And if I don't agree with it, it gets in, you know, like, eh.
0: Let me you. ask you something. <laughs> right. Let me ask you something if you agree with this, and then we'll move on to something else Patriots related. Do you think the Patriots realistically could or should be three and one right now?
1: Uh, I think they could be three and one, uh, but they would probably be a kind of a, a soft three and one. I don't think they would be. They'd be like the, the the Broncos. Like, th- does anyone think the Broncos are a, uh, a Super Bowl champion? No. no, they're three and one because they play kind of crap teams. And we're finding out the Dolphins are still not there. The Jets are, you know, they're basically just they're one of the bottom teams in the league, no doubt about it. And the Saints aren't anything special. So, you know, if they would have beaten those kind of crappier teams and lost to the Bucks. Three and one would have felt good. It would have been definitely a good start for them. And wins are wins. They count all your for the you know for your season season long record. Uh, but right. I think most comments would be that it was like a maybe a little bit soft three and
0: one. So so I will say this: You should have beaten the Dolphins. You should have, mm-hmm. and we know they should have. They're Damian Harris fumble away from winning that game. Then this game, they might be a, a coaching like decision or two away from winning that game. Yeah. They, they have been good enough in three of the four games to win those games. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're one in three. So the only good thing is, so we'll preview this game really quick, and then we'll talk about the big thing that happened in Patriot land. Patriots are playing the Texans this week in Houston. Texans, they have a, a rookie quarterback, Davis Mills. They have a bunch of injuries going on. Texans are one of the worst defenses in the league, just one of the worst teams in the league, period. And if you lose this game, Maddie, if you lose this game to the Houston Texans, you better throw in the white flag and just play for a, a draft position at that point.
1: You can't lose to this team. I don't think they will lose to this team. I think Mac Jones is a good enough pro that he understands the importance of going to Houston, getting a win. Now, you know, Vegas thinks this is a 40 point over under, meaning they don't expect points at all. Right. Uh, I agree with them. I think it's going to be kind of a crappy game. I don't know if it's necessarily uh, on, it should be on your watch list, but I think they get to take the, they, uh, take care of the job and get it done.
0: I do too. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I really yeah. do. Like, we're not going to preview it this much. We'll just do a score prediction and we'll move on. Like, I think it's going to be a 21, 10 Patriots win. I think the defense shows up. I think the defense, the defense is going to get better. The, the, the defense is good. I love this yeah. Patriots defense. Yeah. I really do. I think the offense gets a turnover too, that sets them up for some red zone opportunities for the offense. Get some easy touchdowns for, either the running game or Mac Jones, whatever it may be, 21, 10 Patriots. They move on to two and three going into week six at home against the Jets.
1: I think that's a good prediction. I had them for three touchdowns as well, but I had a field goal on top of it. So 24 to nine, you know, I think there's a little bit of bend don't break there in the second
0: half. Okay. Fair enough. So we both think it's a Patriots win. Let's hope we're right. Well, we're going to talk about the big news that happened today. Patriots no longer with cornerback, Stefan Gilmore as we all know Steph Gilmore was injured for a lot of 2020 and he was mm-hmm. injured coming into 2021. He was put on the pup list, physically unable to perform. We all thought that the contract situation was going to get resolved. He was going to be here in new England for either years to come, or at least this last year, not the case. Stephon Gilmore traded today to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a 2023 sixth round pick. Mm-hmm. Now, when I see this Maddie, there's a few things that I'm wondering. First of all, what happened behind the scenes? between Gilmore and the Patriots front office. Because there was a deal that didn't get done here.
1: Yeah. Clearly there was going to be a riff that continued when he was healthy and Belichick just thought it was time to move on.
0: It it, it must have been. Right. It must have been. But here's the second question I have. This is a guy that was a defensive player of the year two years ago. And you're only getting a sixth round pick for him. I'm not saying they should get a first or a second. That's a little bit of a reach. But I was thinking maybe a third or a fourth.
1: Well, you know, once you factor in the money, uh, he's still looking to make his contract with the trade. So Carolina picking up that contract is less likely to give good, significant draft capital in return. And I I just think at the end of the day, Bill, he does this from time to time where he just kind of does right by the players sent. Uh, Gilmore to a good team back home that's where he's from he's from that area uh, getting to play for the home team squad and you know they they needed a cornerback they brought in uh, C.J. Henderson from the Jaguars last week they sure up and get a really good player in Stefan Gilmore Uh, so you know I think Belichick just looked at it like we were gonna get nothing we're getting something and we'll go we'll do right, right by the player and it just so happens he plays in the NFC South so we don't really have to worry about him uh, well, uh, they do, they're playing, uh, them this yes, year. they do. <laughs> but yes I meant just uh, in, the, uh, in the grand scheme of in right. the playoffs, they wouldn't have seen until the Super Bowl. So, right. but yeah, you're right, they are gonna have to face Gilmore this uh, year.
0: They're gonna have to face Carolina. Carolina was a game at the beginning of the season, I thought the Patriots would take care of, but now I, I'm not so sure. Not so Carolina, sure, anymore. Carolina looks pretty good, especially yeah. if Christian McCaffrey comes back. But, anyways, talking about this situation, another thing too, now that stresses the importance of keeping J.C. Jackson. You oh, need to sure. keep that guy. You need to sign him to a long-term extension. Give him a contract. Give him like a four or five-year contract. Get him signed so you have the number one corner back. And I No pun intended, but you need to make sure that corner is back in the fold for 2021 and beyond and shore up that defense. You have mm-hmm. the linebackers in place, which, by the way, shout-out to Jamie Collins, who's going to be coming back to the Patriots. It looks like that deal is yeah. going to be done, third stint with the – with the Patriots <laughs> this time, I, I like him with Judon and Hightower and Van Noy. I think that linebacking group just got that much better and more athletic. And you know what? It's a shame. Like, Thank you, Stefan Gilmore. You brought us to a Super Bowl in 2017. You clinched the Super Bowl in 2018 for us. So thank you. I yeah. appreciate your contributions. Uh, like you said, it's business is business. And it, I, I don't like it, but it, it had to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. It seems like it. It seems like it like it, it seems like a pretty fair split. Like uh Belichick sent him, like I said, back home and got a sixth round pick in two years for him. So I don't think there was any animosity on the way out.
0: I don't think so either. But I'm gonna be full of animosity if I don't get some food in me. And the place that I need to do that at is A and Burgers, because the Legends Lingo mm. podcast three sponsors now. That's right. Shocked Energy, Exogun, and now A and B Burgers. A and B kitchen and bar in Boston has been reopened for quite some time now. Located on Causeway Street across from the TD Garden, they are the newest spot to meet up before or after a game for dinner and drinks. They offer an elevated take on a traditional New England pub menu with freshly made in-house dishes. Some of their favorites include the chicken pot pie, the meatloaf made with organically raised beef from Niman Ranch, local clams and Andalus sausage, or locally caught fish and chips. They also have draft beers from area breweries such as Gentile Brewery and Beverly Mass. Lord Hobo and Notch pair perfectly with your meal as well. Are you looking for some patio dining experiences? Well, A&B Kitchen has a raised patio with spectacular views of the TD Garden and the Zakim Bridge. And with newly installed heaters, you could enjoy the outdoor seating for an extended period of time. They also have 32 feet of open garage doors along Causeway Street and 16 feet along Beverly Street. So you're able to sit inside and have all the benefits of an open-air dining experience without those pesky elements being a problem. Don't have tickets, but you want to enjoy the game amongst other rabid fans like ourselves. A and B is the place with nine newly installed 70 inch TVs. There isn't anywhere inside that restaurant that you can't say that you don't have the best seat in the house. A kitchen and Bar is open Monday through Sunday at 3 PM. And if there's a day game that's going on in the weekend, they will open up at 11 AM for you. Mm-hmm. Check out AMB burgers located in Boston and Beverly, Massachusetts. Tell them the legends lingo boys sent you. Final topic of the night. I think the one that you and I have been looking forward to the most. Let's just call it like it is. Oh, yeah. Would you say you're more of a baseball guy or a football guy? Baseball, for sure. Okay. So I just wanted to make that clear. Boston Red Sox made the wild card game. It was great. It was fantastic. They got a a home wild card game, just to be clear. They played at Fenway Park. They played the New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. A lot of people coming in said the Red Sox wouldn't win. They wouldn't take care of business because the Yankees had swept them a week before at Fenway. They opened up as favorites with all the betting sites. I think DraftKings had them at like minus 120. The Red Mm -hmm. Sox is plus 110 to start. So everybody was thinking the Yankees were going to take care of business. Garrett Cole on the mound, you know, one of the best pitchers in the American League. It makes sense, right? Yep. Wrong. Because guess what? Garrett Cole, his ERA at Fenway is over five. Mm-hmm. and Nathan Ivaldi is at, like, a 3.2 or something against the Yankees. So you had Garrett Cole, Nathan Ivaldi, and let me tell you something, Matty, That First of all, I want your overall thoughts on the game, and then I want to break down a few key parts of it. So give me your overall thoughts on the Red Sox-Yankees wildcard game.
1: It was, uh, it was a great game. I mean, they had no JD, and they said no problem. They scored early. They put it on them. They came through in the clutch for Dugo is that's the player that we all love someone that we just think can be nails in big moments. And David Ortiz, you know, give him shouts out every single time he did it. You love to see it. Uh, It was definitely a great momentum builder because let's face it, they, they did sweep the nationals, but I think we're all pretty on board with saying that they limped into the playoffs, getting that number one wildcard spot was a little bit of a gift. Um, but they came in, they took care of business, and now it's on to Tampa Bay where I don't think you can count them out if they're going to play this good.
0: So I will say that game was incredible. So the Red Sox won the game 6-2. We didn't make that clear, but 6-2 winners over the New York mm-hmm. Yankees. A few thoughts. First of all, Garrett Cole not even getting out of the third inning, two-plus innings. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a guy you're paying over $300 million like for the entirety of the contract. 36 million a year and you can't get him out of the third inning shame on you Yankees if I'm a Yankees fan and I know we're not a Yankees podcast I just want to make a quick point about the Yankees if you don't fire Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone you guys aren't going anywhere just flat out. yeah I mean and, you know
1: Garrett Cole is just he hasn't been right since I think it was a hamstring injury mm-hmm. you know uh, he's had some bad starts he did take care of business against the Red Sox in Boston. But, man, three innings, $10 million an inning, essentially? Terrible.
0: Terrible. hate to it,
1: be that fan base.
0: It was more like $18 because he didn't even get out of the third.
1: Oh. <laughs> no,
0: think of it that way. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying, but like, think of it that way, too. But, anyways, oh, we're going to digress it here. It was great. Shout out to Alex Verdugo. Three RBIs in the night. Like, nobody's mm-hmm. talking about that in any of this. Like, he had an RBI double to make the game 4-1, to and then when it was – four to one later on in the game, he hits a, a two run single to basically put the game out of reach. Like shout out to Alex Verdugo. Like people were down Huge. on him, but like he was hitting 290 this year or close to it. He's had some big moments. He had the big moment in the regular season finale against the nationals. He's been good. Like shout mm-hmm. out to Alex Verdugo, Nathan Eovaldi, five in the third innings. He had, how many strikes did he end up with? I know he had eight at one point. So he ended see. with eight. Yeah. Okay, so we had eight strikeouts. Like he only threw 71 pitches. I would have liked to see him maybe face another batter or two, but you got to. If win. it was
1: game one, he would have kept going because it was a wild card. You know, I think they went and pulled the string early.
0: Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. So there are some interesting tidbits here. First of all, JD Martinez, like Maddie said, didn't play in the game, sprained ankle, sprained in the regular season finale against the Nationals late in the game, tripping over second base. Hey, JD, buddy, I love you, but come on. Like, how? Yeah. Like, it stinks that it happened. It's just like, come on, man. Not now. Like, why? Why couldn't this happen? Avoid like,
1: the base. I mean, and also, like, come on, man. You made a big point that you can play in the outfield and you're going to trip over the bag, brother? Come on. Ugh, it's
0: terrible. And we're not, like, making fun of JD for getting hurt. We're just, like, the timing of it is just – it was the worst timing
1: Ever. No, and honestly, let's be real. We're making fun of how he got hurt. You tripped over the
0: bag. You weren't running the bases. Right. It's not like he pulled, like, his hammy when he was running the second base. He tripped over yeah. the base and just like, shady, like, what are you doing? But,
1: you know, we hopefully uh, – we wish him the speediest of recoveries. If he wants my ankle, I will donate it. That's, exactly. I'll say that as well.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that's, that's very valid. So, Red Sox take care of business against the Yankees. Now they're facing the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. And man, oh, man, there's one thing that I think you and I can agree with. The Red Sox are playing with house money at this point. Yeah,
1: I mean, in terms of the national uh, depiction of this team, for sure. But to me, I was big on them early. I was big on them when they came out to a hot start. I think ALCS is where I envision them. And I think they got to push through against the Rays. I mean, the Rays are the best team in the American League, so it's going to be hard. It but is. if they lose, I think you are right. It's kind of house money in terms of their their status in the baseball world.
0: Oh, for sure. Like, listen, if they were playing, if they're playing the White Sox in the first round, I'd be like, okay, you got a, a good shot of winning this this series.
1: Yeah. But I
0: just think they haven't played well against Tampa. And here's the thing that bothers me about Tampa: they're such a good late inning team. They're the best team in inning seven through nine in the MLB. They score the mm. most runs in the seven through ninth innings. That to me is a problem. Yeah. And. And yeah. here's another problem. How's the bullpen going to look like you can't throw Ryan Brazier every game. You can't throw Garrett Whitlock every game. You can't do it.
1: So, but we remember Alex Cora gets funky he and does. I think, he, you know, who a wild card, two wild cards out of that bullpen that can prove to be dynamite Ooh. is Tanner Houck.
0: Oh, I was going to guess. Okay, go ahead. That's guess nice.
1: the other one. Try to guess the other one. I had two. Is, is it Nick Pavetta? It's Nick Pavetta. If Nick Pavetta, what he did, went to close out the game against the Nationals, I know it's one outing, that was impressive. That was an was. impressive curveball. That was an impressive sequencing of pitches that, you know, you don't you can't teach that to players. They can crumble in the ninth. We see it happen all the time. It's guys with tremendous arms can't handle the end of the game. He came in and struck out Juan Soto. If he can do that in the playoffs, and Hawk can look like he did last night against the Yankees, two live arms, real impactful pitchers. And guys that can go two innings, no two and a
0: third. Alex Core gets crazy, and I'm excited to see how he uses them. It's going to be fun. So ideally, here's kind of like the best case scenario. I think if you have to win a game and you have everybody available, X starter, whoever's starting, goes five innings. Mm-hmm. Tanner Houck goes two. Brazier goes the eighth. Garrett Whitlock the ninth, and if you don't want Brazier, you can have Whitlock go two innings.
1: Yeah, you can mess around with it. That's that's that seems pretty nasty.
0: I'm into it. How about you though? What would be your ideal scenario? I mean, obviously, we know starting pitcher goes all nine, but that that doesn't happen. Yeah, in the yeah. I like
1: see. I like the idea of of aiming for five, and then using help to get you through those bridge innings, using Preventer to get you through those bridge innings, and then you know you just gotta go with whoever's the hottest, and then Garrett Whitlock's the guy at the end.
0: Who's the guy now I know just because I, I, we're talking about this and I want to talk about this. Sorry. I'm pouring water. If anybody heard that come through the mic, <laughs> but here's the thing. Who is a guy that you think the Red Sox are going to keep off the roster that people are going to be surprised about?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. That's a really good question because maybe, uh, maybe I got a guy my, like, like um,
0: I, I got my guy. If you need a little more time,
1: I was going to say, like, a Christian Arroyo might be someone that they could do. I know they like him, but if you're going to have the outfielder, uh, I mean, not the outfielder, you're going to have the extra baton like JD, uh, you're going to have to finagle things a little bit more.
0: Okay. So my guy is Salomora.
1: That's a good one, too. That I'll, would be a surprise. And I think that's up definitely in the realm of possibilities. Yeah, sure, for sure.
0: Salomora, the thing with him is, and he's all or nothing you know, he's either on or he's walking the ballpark and you can't have that in the playoffs. You can't be coming in, throwing eight of 10 pitches in the dirt or at the batter's face or whatever it may be. You have to come in throwing strikes. If you're Mm -hmm. not throwing strikes, you're not going to be effective, especially in the playoffs. You're not going to be used very often. I think another guy, Martin Perez. I think he's a guy that the only reason he has a shot is because he's a lefty. Mm -hmm. Other than that, if they want to go with Darwinson Hernandez... The Martin Perez, I don't see him having a spot on this, ro- on this playoff roster. I agree. Roster. That's a good one. So, uh, I don't know. So, let's end with this, and then we'll kind of wrap everything up for the week. What is your series prediction? Who wins, and in how many games?
1: Sox in five.
0: Socks in five. That was a quick Sox in five. <sighs> I hate to do it, but I got to do it. I'm going Rays four that I I've, I've said it before. Ooh. I know, I know, I know, but here's the thing. The Red Sox play so much better at home that it worries me that their first two games are in St. Pete. If they split, then it's like, okay, they got a shot here and they have a shot to do it at home where they, you know, you know, this better than anybody a baseball guy. Red Sox plays so much better at home. You know that they do.
1: They're better at home. Uh, the thing In game one and game two, the Rays are pitching inexperienced young guys. Now, are they electric? Yes, they have crazy good arm talent. But they're young. And in the playoffs, they could completely fold, and I think they
0: could sneak one out. If they sneak one out, I love their chances. Even if they have to go back to game five in St. Pete, because you know who would be scheduled to start that game? Game five, uh, who
1: would be uh, – Ivaldi? No, he'd be going really nope. Who would it be? It'd be Sale. Sale? Okay. Really? You have game Sale in
0: Game Five because so the pitching matchups are as follows: so on Thursday night, Eduardo Rodriguez brought, is going to yeah. start Game One. On Friday, not Friday, Saturday, Chris Sale is going to start. And then I or no, sorry, it's Thursday, Friday. So Friday, Chris Sale is going to start. Yep. Then on Sunday, Ivaldi starts Game Three. Rodriguez would start Game Four. And then you bring sale back for Ooh, game five. Yeah. And 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 you can have Yavaldi available out of the pen if you needed it. Love it. So, like the more I'm thinking about it, you're talking me into believing more in Sox and Five, but Sox and Five. And five. Sox in five. Sox <laughs> and 5 you're on your own for that one, pal. But I would love the Sox and five. I don't know. I think the rays do what they need to do at home. Red Sox will win, I think, game three of the Yavaldi on the mound at home at Fenway. They're not gonna want to get swept. And then Game Four, I think the Rays will sneak out like a like a nine to seven game and go on to the ALCS. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I hope, I hope so. by this time next week we're talking about the chance of the Red Sox going to ALCS. Now tell me if you agree with this statement, and then we'll wrap everything up. If the Red Sox make it to the ALCS, then they're really playing with house money. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so we can agree that that's kind of the limit. Maybe win the ALDS. And then you can go up. I think if they meet the White Sox in the ALCS, I really like their chances. I do.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. If it's Houston, we'll see.
1: But we got to talk about the race. We got to get through the race first.
0: Let's th- crawl before you walk. The division exactly. Series first. You took care of the wildcard game. Then take care of the Division Series. So Absolutely. Division, division Series it is. Got through a lot tonight, Matty. A lot happened this week in the world of Couch Guy, in the world of Boston sports and everything else. But we wouldn't have it any other way.
1: We love it. We need things to talk about. We love talking about sports.
0: We do. Shout out to all of our sponsors, Shocked Energy, ExoGun, A&B Burgers. We appreciate your support and your sponsorship. You guys are the best. Go check out everything on those websites. ShockedEnergy.com, 10% off with the code CGSN. ExoGun.com, CGS tenant Check out for 10% off your massage therapy gun. Rate, review, and subscribe to us, again, on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, and everywhere else where you can get your podcast. Check out the other podcasts on the network. Natty D has two other ones, Key Woman Jones' fancy football podcast, mm-hmm. as well as high heat Fancy baseball podcast, which is taking a little bit of a hiatus right now with yeah. baseball kind of fantasy up. season's
1: done.
0: Fantasy season's done. So but he'll be kicking back up right around probably February or March would be my guess. Something around, somewhere yeah. around there.
1: We'll we'll pop in with some episodes, you know, in the winter meetings when guys change hands, how that affects fantasy. So we'll we'll we'll
0: we'll check, we'll touch base with you guys. So make sure that you touch base with Matty D. Make sure again, check out everything as always, couchguysports.com. Check out everything on the blog, the podcast, everything else. Check out the store, buy something at the store. Fall weather is here. Buy yourself a pair of joggers, buy yourself a hoodie, buy yourself a crew neck, buy yourself whatever you want to buy buy yourself a bucket hat if you want to like yeah. go, go buy something like we'd appreciate it but if nothing else for episode 141 that's maddie kewum i'm your host alan the thank you for watching thank you for listening and we'll see you next week for episode 142
1: peace